0: This is Dave from Opposing the Matrix again. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. If it wasn't for life and going out in public and stuff, I wouldn't be able to do radio shows because people give me ideas all the time of what to say and do by their actions. Um, today was no different. Well, let me give you a little history of this whole COVID thing that's going on and the way people are freaking out about it, okay? Okay um you've probably heard me say but i'll say it again for the sake of this show um several months ago it was last year i think um i had a day off and my wife and i decided to go up to um, albany oregon we uh, have a yogurt shop that we like to go to up there and that's turned into a bizarro world um it's uh, you used to be able to go get your own yogurt and then go get your own toppings. And I can understand where they wanted to eliminate that. So the young lady behind the, uh, the um, counter uh, said, well, what do you want? And I said, well, I want a cup of chocolate yogurt with chocolate sprinkles. And my wife wanted whatever she gets. Um, usually it's like a rocky road or something like that. And... Um, with a whole bunch of syrups and stuff on it, it not it's not exactly the healthiest thing in the world, but you know, on a hot day, it's um, it's it's nice. It really is. So anyway, uh, however, they had this drape hanging down in front of everything. Um, you know, in front of all the uh, the toppings and of course in front of the young lady it had slits in it so you could talk there and hand her your card. I guess it's okay to hand the card because the cards can't get COVID on them. Okay? Um, that must be the rule. The cards cannot get co- the COVID virus on it so you cannot spread COVID via your cards. However, at McDonald's I think they, uh, they make you put your card in now by yourself. And um, there are some other places like that too. There's one place that Um, They make you put your your card on a little tray where they have a handle on it. And uh, then they take your card in and they put it back on it. But still, they're touching your card. To me, it's no different than touching money. Now, money, I could see spreading COVID. We were always told when we were kids, you know, watch out when you handle money. Always wash your hands when you handle money. Don't ever put money in your mouth because you don't know where the money's been. Okay. And... uh, well, during the, the cocaine culture, that that was not necessarily a bad thing when you know before we were born through uh, to new life into new life through Yeshua. But um, anyway, I digress. But um, but people don't think because people don't know physiology, and people don't uh, think because they want other people to think for them. Okay. Now, I can remember being a little boy, and when I was a little boy, the Vietnam War was going on. Okay, little boy, young boy, you know. I think it ended in '72, which would have made me um, 13. Okay, um, but anyway, every night on the news, Walter Cronkite would get on there. Um, he was this kind of funky-looking old dude with, uh, you know, you could tell he was old, but he was a correspondent had been for many years. And he would get on there and tell you exactly how many United States soldiers died in the war that day. Now, you want to talk about a um, public relations nightmare when it comes to the military and the American public. You know, um, one death is bad. But when you get up there and you say, you know, 1,500 guys died today in Vietnam, you know, you could tell that the networks were priming the public to... Um, civil disobedience and everything else and and believe me it's I understand okay I really do but um, it also helped me to understand what communism was because my dad explained it to me that they were conditioning the public He, he explained to me that the public didn't know any better and that the public believed everything that the news said and this was back in the 60, late 60s and early 70s. My dad was telling me this, so I've I've had this notion, this education for a long time when it comes to the news media and what they're really up to. So anyway, um, so that was a prime example from back then. And then uh, I had a laugh because um, back then all the television shows were telling us, oh. It's gonna. There's gonna be an ice age. Watch out. There's gonna be an ice age where the ice sheets are gonna start coming down from the north, and New York is gonna be under ice again, and and everything else. And and then uh, when that didn't become a fact, um, you know, they kind of quieted down for. And and they picked a, a couple of little side subjects. Um, one of them was eggs. Okay, eggs contain a lot of cholesterol, which, which they probably do. I don't know. Um, But you know, right away it was like, "Don't eat eggs. Eggs are bad." Now, if you're an egg farmer, can you imagine what that did to your business? Okay. But thank God there are people with common sense and and brains on their in, in their craniums that didn't believe what the government said, and they said, "Dang it, we're going to eat eggs anyway. We don't care." Uh, you know, my family was one of them. We ate eggs. We cut back on them a little bit, but we still ate them. Um, so then, uh, you know, that went on. And then after a little while, <laughs> that didn't work. And so we had to hear, well, you can eat one egg, you know, a day or, or uh, you know, six eggs a week or something like that. And when they start telling you you can do this and you can't do, can't do that, they're trying to condition you, okay? And I'm getting tired of it because it's starting to have an effect on me. And on my life out in the public and I'll explain that to you in a little while but so when that didn't work they came out with the big tuna fish scare oh you can't eat tuna that comes from the sea there's mercury out in the sea and the tuna are filled with mercury well the tuna are filled with a lot of things okay there's a lot of things that wash into the ocean Okay, and mercury is a natural byproduct. It's not necessarily the uh, that men were were causing an increase in the mercury in the fish. You know, um, m- yes, mercury was used to refine silver and gold. I'll be the first one to admit that, and they probably poured it into rivers, and I, yeah, I'll admit that. But um, it also leached into rivers naturally. Okay, f- from the mountains. You know, we learned that in school. Remember remember the evolutionary theory, the earth is millions, I'm taking these off here, the earth is millions of years old, billions of years old, and and the continents have been rained upon and everything, and everything's melting down and becoming smaller and going into the ocean. Well, yeah, of course, and that's why there's a lot of mercury in the ocean because the rains and stuff and the winds and the storms and everything are, are gradually washing the soil away and into the ocean, okay? That's why the ocean's salty, okay? Um, that's why you can float in the ocean better than you can float in a lake. And if you've ever been to the Dead Sea, you, can, you can't sink in the Dead Sea. There's no way you could drown in the Dead Sea unless you turned belly down and breathed in water, okay? <laughs> um, it's impossible, there's such a high salt content that you're basically swimming in salt rather than salt water. Um, but I digress. So um, then all of a sudden, after probably about 20 or 25 years had gone by, all of a sudden, we started to hear about global warming. Well, after all, global, global cooling, the ice age was a failure, You know, and folks, you have got to understand something. If you walk away with nothing else from listening to this radio broadcast, take this into consideration and consider it. Scientists do not make a living other than researching, and they research because they get grants from the government and from other organizations and things like that, and those grants are dependent on whether they produce results, okay? If somebody says, I want you to prove that the weather's changing, they're going to get right to work on it. And they're going to do anything they can because they know that the longer they can prove that the weather is changing, that weather patterns are changing, that it's getting warmer on the earth or colder on the earth, whatever, um, as long as they can prove something like that, the money just keeps coming in. And they keep getting their paychecks every week, and they're able to pay for their nice... Bentleys that they drive to college every day and, or, you know, whatever car, you, you know, pick your car. Um, they're able to go to conferences all over the world and talk with other scientists about the same fine scatology. And it's a big community of thieves is what it is. Okay, so this is how scientists earn their paychecks. They come up with crises and they have to solve the crises. So now they're starting to figure out that, first it was global warming, okay? But try to convince the people in the Midwest of the United States that global warming is happening when it's 40 degrees below zero and it's the coldest year you've experienced in the last 200 years. That doesn't wash, okay? Try to convince it, um... People up in Canada or even down in the southern states who are, you know, experiencing cold snaps more often than they used to, that there's a, that there's global warming happening. Oh, so Al Gore, you know, the guy that here, the guy that invented the internet, um, the guy that is so invested in global warming because he's bought all these different companies that are um, that are out there trying to solve global warming and fight global warming. I'm sure he's going to promote it, but he lives in a house. I can't remember if it's Kentucky or Tennessee because he used to be, um, he's a politician that's from there. He lives in a house that's much bigger than any house that you and I could ever wish to live in. And he heats that dang house in the wintertime and he cools it in the summertime. Uh, can you say greenhouse gases? Can you? because that's what he's producing, greenhouse gases. He may not be doing well with his diet. He might be producing greenhouse gases because he looks like he has been he's put on a lot of weight, like I should talk, right? But, um, you know, he's—he so he's probably been um, munching a lot more and producing a lot of greenhouse gases himself as well as, you know, the cows that he probably has on his property and, and everything else. But um, so... Um, So here we have all these stupid little theories out there in order to promote things so that scientists can keep their jobs and so that the elites can have little chaoses or chaos. I I don't know. How would you say that in Greek Um, or Latin or whatever it is? But um, so, you know, you want to who said one of the Democrats says never waste a good crisis. Okay. If, if there's a problem out there, use it to your advantage to the best that you can. And the demo rats are really good at it. And, uh, you know, with this um, Agenda 2020, 2021, Agenda 2030, Agenda 2050, um, that they're all planning on these, um, uh, what is it, AOCs promoting the, uh, the uh, Green New Deal, I think is what she calls it, um, that's going to cost, you know, hundreds of trillions of dollars to implement. Uh, where's that money going to come from, folks? Uh, I can't afford that. You can't afford that. They could tax me 100%, tax you 100%, and nobody would still be able to afford that. So um, that's a pipe dream. But it's something they're going to use. And a lot of the countries around the world have bought into this, and they think that the United States should pay for it because we produce the most electricity. But we have become one of the cleanest nations that there are on the face of the earth. Go get the money from the Chinese and the Indians, okay? And I'm talking about East Indians, not American Indians. Um, Go get the money from them. They're the gross polluters. They're the ones that are pumping all the hydrocarbons into the atmosphere and... um, uh, you seen pictures of Beijing at all? Um, Beijing most of the time is covered in smug, much like LA used to be. LA's gotten a lot better than it used to be. It's not like that anymore. Um, but Beijing and some of the uh, manufacturing cities in India—my uh, goodness, you, you, I'm surprised people can see their hands in front of their faces. It's such a bit, so bad down there. And and there's a good market for masks, by the way, if you want to get into the mask market. Sell it to the Indians and the Chinese, you know. Um, So anyway, um, where am I going with this? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's where I'm going with this. So anyway, um, you know, we're rolling along, and, you know, the global warming thing is kind of dying down because any fool can see that there's no such thing as global warming, and there's, um, and if the ice caps are melting, why isn't New York underwater? Why isn't uh, Paris under? Well, Paris is kind of inland. Why isn't London underwater? Um, why isn't LA? You know, why aren't the streets of LA being flooded? It's because it's it's a bunch of because It's a bunch of bovine scatology. It's um, it's dreck. And uh, I love that Yiddish word dreck. Um, it's uh, it's bull dreck. And um, So now we have to have a new crisis, okay? And the new crisis, of course, is COVID-19, and this one's got everybody wigged out, okay, just about everybody. We still have churches that still aren't opening up all the way. Um, We have restaurants. Here in Oregon, there are restaurants. Well, it's, it's weird. It's what county you go to. Uh, here in our county, our little county, and I can't say the name of it because I don't want somebody's important here that we're a little bit freer around here than they are in other cities. Um, but, um, you know, uh, there are restaurants that, you know, every other table's closed off, of course, but we can go in there and eat. Okay, you go up to Salem, and it's not that way. I mean, they're starting to open up in Salem, but... And in Portland, forget it. We'll forget everything important. Let's just forget Portland even exists, okay? Um, Port, Portland and Eugene, you know, if God just went with his thumb, you know, it would, wouldn't it wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, and I'm serious about that. You just go down there and experience those arrogant airheads down there, and, and you'll feel the same way. But um, anyway... Um, so a few months ago, when, when all this was coming down, uh, we went to the yogurt shop. We're going to go back there now and revisit the yogurt shop. And we got her yogurt. And I made an off-color statement. And um, I'm not going to say I didn't mean it. And I said, when this is all over, we'll have a mass burning. Kind of like, because I asked a girl, I said, you, you're too young to remember this. I says, but back in the 1960s, women revolted. And when they revolted, they had something called bra burnings. They would get together and they would all throw their bras on a big fire to protest that basically that bras were made by men and men owned women and and things like that. And I said it was all a bunch of, you know, BS again. And um, I said, but when this is over, let's let's have a gigantic mask burning. And I says, and, and, you know, if we really want to have some fun, we can throw Kate Brown right on top of it. And, boy, did she not like that. <laughs> um, now, of course, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not into filleting people alive, okay? Um, that's something that the left believes and not the right. But, um, anyway, she's like, that's not nice. And I said, well, what she's doing is not nice either. Otherwise, you wouldn't be yelling at me through a plastic sheet. Um so we walked out and we ate our yogurt. And uh, but before that happened, um, my wife had a pair of shoes that you know didn't she didn't get along with too well. And we'd been walking around and her feet started hurting. So uh, we had parked over by the yogurt place. So I said, why don't you go out to the car or the truck and uh, or go to the yogurt place for that matter. And um, I will just walk around, I had to use the restroom, and I knew where it was, and it was on the other side of the building and in the back, and I said, actually, it wasn't, I, I took a wrong turn, and anyway, that's a long story, but, um, so, uh, now, you gotta, you got to picture that this sidewalk that I'm walking on is probably about 10, 20, probably about 30 feet wide, Okay, and it starts at the edge of the building and goes all the way out to the street, and it does this all the way around this this store called Fred Myers up in Albany. Fred Myers is a really neat store. It's kind of like a gigantic grocery store with a gigantic hardware store attached to it. Um, it's kind of unique. I've never really seen anything like it in um, in California or New Jersey when I lived there. And so I like to go around there, and, I, you know, they, they sell furniture there. You can go into the car department, and they've got just about every little thing that you would need for your car. Sorry, I keep forgetting I'm live. <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to be looking at the camera, and I'm looking in the living room. Um, but um, anyway, so I figured, well, you know, I'm going to kind of walk close to the building because I don't know if I'm going to run into anybody coming around the corner. So if I'm close to the building and they're, on, you know, farther away, maybe they'll feel safe. And my whole thing is about this whole thing with the masks is that I just want people to feel safe. You know, I don't think the masks work and I'll prove that to you in a minute. Um, but, uh, there are people that, you know, that are, that can't think for themselves. And, uh, they've been told a lie that the mask saves them and makes them safer and stuff like that. And, um, and I want them to feel comfortable around me, okay? So I don't wear the mask for myself. I wear it for other people to make them feel better because I know it don't do a damn bit of good. Pardon my French. Um, So anyway, um, so I'm kind of clinging to the building, walking around this corner. Well, I encounter this woman, and she's got two children with her, and she's walking on on the other side of the sidewalk, you know, about 30 feet away, (laughs) and... um, So, and I'm clinging to the building because, you know, because she's obviously in fear, okay? Now, she and her kids are wearing masks, which means, okay, if you're wearing a mask, then what are you worried about, okay? And this is before the inoculations became popular, before they even came out. Um, So, she's walking, and she sees me, and she almost goes out into the, um, takes her kids almost out into the, the uh, the driveway, you know, where the cars park, to avoid me. And I'm going, oh, that's real smart. You know, save yourself from COVID and get run over by a car. <laughs> you know? And teach your kids how to be frightened, you know? Um, I feel sorry for kids nowadays because that's all they're learning is how to be frightened, not how to be kids. And uh, that's a sad thing. But anyway, um, so I, I just kind of chuckled to myself and and then remembered I had a mask in my pocket, and I put the mask on, and I walked into the store, and found my way to the restroom and used it, and then uh, walked back to the yogurt shop, and that's where I had the encounter with the young lady. Um, but anyway, I've, we've run into that a lot. Uh, we were standing in um, Costco. We have a Costco membership, and they had just reopened up the uh, the food um, serving part of costco they serve pizza there you can get hot dogs and stuff and at that time they just had pizza and maybe hot dogs they weren't serving ice cream or anything like that and so they had six feet marked off okay now we're my wife and i are standing at six feet away from the person in front of us the person in front of us was a a young asian gal um probably in her 20s and um And she looked like she was an immigrant, and I found out when she talked, she sounded like it, too. So, anyway, that's neither here or there, but it just goes to show you that everybody buys into the lie. (laughs) But, um, so, anyway, um, she stared back at my feet a couple of times to make sure that I was standing six feet away from her, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is ridiculous. You know, first of all, if I cough, I'm going to cough into her hair. And unless there's hair uh, coronavirus, then uh, she's got nothing to worry about. Okay. So, uh, you know, we got up into the line and everything, and we got out of there. And I told my wife, I said, what a day this has been. (laughs) You know, I just want to go home. I want to sit in my easy chair, close my eyes, and pretend like today never even happened. Because those both things happened on the same day. And... um, but today, um, today really pushed the limit. Now, I, um, I had to go to several stores. Today was our, our youngest daughter's birthday. And if you listen to this, happy birthday, Lara. Um, not that I haven't wished you that already, but again, what the heck. So um, my mission today, uh, was to go up and pick up some medications up at Kaiser and at Salem. And then on the way back, I stopped in Albany because there's a Costco there. There's a Winco there. Winco, if you're not familiar with Oregon, is, is a, kind of a, like a hybrid of, um, of Costco, but mostly food. And the food there is really cheap. And we get our dog food there. You know, I, if I go to the store next door, it's like $3.60 for a can of dog food. I go to Winco. It's a dollar. What was it? A dollar thirty one a can or something like that. So, um, you know, when I'm when I'm up in that area, I pick up rice and dog food and stuff so we can feed our dogs. We, we like to give them a pretty healthy diet. So, um, it, and because it, you know you keep your dogs healthy, you keep them out of the vet's office and you save a lot of money. So um, anyway. Uh, so I had gone to Costco, and I was looking for orchids, okay? Um, I found out that my, my daughter likes orchids. So I said, and my wife said that she had seen them in, in Costco, So I, or excuse me, Costco. But I went to Winco first because I had to get the dog food and stuff. So anyway, I'm in there, and I'm picking up the, the rice and the and the dog food and a couple of other things, too, and I can't really remember right now what those were. But anyway, it's that's a material so I put everything in a, oh, wait a minute, I'm forgetting the most important part. My goodness. I walk into the store. Okay, I grab a basket, I walk into the store they probably getting maybe 20 feet in the store, and I hear a lady over by the um, cash register. Sir, you need a mask. And I went, oh, goodness, you're right. I said, I'm sorry. I left it out in the car. I'll go back out and get it. She goes, no, no, that's okay. We got some right here. And she handed me one, and I said, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You know, I'm trying to be good about all this, you know. Um, she's just doing her job you know they tell her that people can't enter the store without a mask I'm not going to quibble I'm not going to fight against it it's only going to be wearing the mask for maybe 20 minutes tops in that store you know and it's it's not going to infringe on me in, in any way so I'm going to do it right here I go again I'm looking to the side sorry um, so I put the mask on and I, I make a left to head down this one way and And I see this old man and woman, and they're kind of cowering over um, on the side. And I'm like, what the heck's going on with them? And as I pass by, I hear him say, it's okay, sweetheart. He's got a mask on now. And I'm like, oh, my, you know, it took everything in me to keep from going over there and saying, what the hell is the matter with you? You know, don't you realize what's going on? You're an old guy. You're older than I am. You should be able to see a rouse when one's going on. You should be able to see lies and deception instead of buying into it. And I just, I I worked this whole thing in my head that I was going to go over and talk with. And then I said, you know what? Better off just to walk away. Because us older guys, we're set in our ways. And you're not going to change us. You know, the Lord will change us. He's the only one that can change us. But... Normally people can't okay unless they have a really good reason and, and 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 unless they think that you're doing them harm and stuff and then you know you can be reasonable and talk with people but anyway, so that just bothered me the whole time I was in that store you know I kept that that guy's voice just kept going on in my head and I'm like, no, I'm not gonna let this get to me I'm not gonna so um, I got the food the dog food and rice and stuff and got out of there and then I finally went to Safeway and found new orchids wearing a mask this time okay Um, I didn't forget the mask and um, so finally I I got to go home and I picked up a little sandwich to eat on the way home and went home but anyway um, I'm like you know this reminded me of Walter Cronkite during the Vietnam War it just flashed it kept flashing in front of my head Walter Cronkite and the Vietnam War the way he used to inculcate people on his broadcast with Today, 162 American soldiers died in Vietnam. Well, you know, what does that do to people? Okay. What if your son got drafted? And if you don't know what the draft is, because many of you probably don't know because you you never experienced it, although if you're a guy, you signed up for selective service still. But um, back then, they, they had a lottery. And um, when you became 18, you registered for the draft. And you got a lottery number. And if your lottery number got, came up, you got enlisted. And that's why a lot of guys joined the military, because they they could kind of pick and choose where they wanted to go, or at least they thought they could. And, um, but um, anyway, so uh, the lottery, the, uh, okay, yeah. So imagine that you're, you're a parent, and you've got maybe a, a son in the Marine Corps and another son in the Army. And you know that one of them is uh, on a ship off of Vietnam, and the other one is probably in Vietnam, because the Army is usually on the ground, the Marines are usually in the ship, and then they afterwards they make their way to the land and and then kick butt, um, just like the Army. And um, and I say that with all due respect, because I, I really respect the armed services of this country, I really do. Um, I always wanted to join, I never got the chance to. Um But I respect you guys, you guys that got out there where the rubber meets the road and where, you know, you got out in the dirt and in the mud and in the rice paddies and everything else. And, man, you have my respect more than any of these politicians could ever earn. You guys earned it with the sacrifice that you made, Um, and many didn't come back. Um, Jim Hel- Wilhelmson will tell you stories about when he flew back into, I think it was um, somewhere down in Florida, he was stationed down there, and, and uh, he was called the baby killer and everything else. And um, Yeah, it's really easy to throw stones when you're a hippie that's uh, wearing Birkenstocks in an airport, and you're, you've got nothing to do in life but yell at people. Um And that's mainly the element that used to do stuff like that. Well, anyway, imagine that you're that parent, you have the two kids in the Army, the Army, one in the Army, one in the Marines, and you hear Walter Cronkite come on TV and say, today 162 American soldiers died in Vietnam. What are you going to think right away? Was Was one of them my son? Were both of them my sons? And I can't imagine the panic that would go into a mother or a father's into their heart and into their mind when they heard Walter Cronkite say that. And, of course, what they're going to do is say, I don't want my son to die over there. I'm going to press for the end of this war, you know. And, boy, i tell you, Cronkite and, and, and the media really worked a number on the American public. And that's what's happening today with the, with the COVID-19 crap that's going on, you know. Okay, well, you know, you got to wear your mask, and it'll keep you safe. Well, no, it won't keep you safe, okay? You want to know why it won't keep you safe? I'm going to tell you why it won't keep you safe. I'm going to introduce a little mathematics to you, okay? I know a lot of people don't like math. Um, And I'm going to have to scroll down. I know I am. Um, Okay, I think I found a section. All right. Neither surgical nor cotton masks effectively filtered SARS-CoV-2 during coughs infected by patient, infected patients. Um, Prior evidence that surgical masks effectively filtered influenza virus. One, informed recommendations that patients... With confirmed or suspected COVID-19 should wear face masks to prevent transmission too. However, the size and concentration, here we go, folks, okay? The size and concentration of the SARS-CoV-2 in aerosols generated during the coughing are unknown. Okay, let's move down a little bit. Oberg and Brosseau demonstrated that surgical masks did not exhibit adequate filter performance against aerosols measuring 0.9, Comma 2.0, comma 3.1 microns in diameter. And the micron's are pretty darn small, folks. Um, Lee and his colleagues showed that particles 0.04 to 0.2 microns can penetrate surgical masks. The size of the SARS-CoV-19 particle from, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, COVID um, particle from 2002 to 2004 outbreak. I don't know if you're alive to remember that one, but that was kind of scary. Um, was estimated to be 0.08 to 0.14 microns. Assuming that the SARS-CoV-2 has similar size, surgical masks are unlikely to effectively filter the virus. Okay, now what's the surgical mask? That's the... Um, the ones that are blue that people wear all over the place, okay? Those are surgical masks. That's what we're required to wear at work, unless some of our um, patients are, are in an area where the patients are maybe suspected of having the um, COVID-19 virus, or um, they haven't. Their results haven't come back yet. And then um, M, M was it? Um, I think it's an M-19 mask or M-91 or something. Uh, has to be worn because it's a lot more effective, but it's still not um, totally effective. And that, that could be evidenced by people that worked over in units in my hospital that were donned with all kinds of uh, personal protective gear and wore those masks, yet still came down with COVID. Okay. Um, I know one personally, and I've talked with her extensively about it. Uh, there was nothing that could keep it from happening. So anyway, um, the, the particle that is the virus for COVID-19 is smaller than the pores that are on the mask. Okay, so let's just, let's just say for the hell of it that, um, that it was bigger or maybe the same size, or, you know, it really had to work its way through in order to get through the mask to the inside. Uh, how could it do that? Well, I don't know if you've worn those stupid masks, but we have to wear them for 10 hours a day at work. And personally, I changed mine out two or three times at work. Because what you do is when you breathe and when you exhale, you're exhaling vapor, water vapor, usually, and, um, and when you exhale water vapor, it gets on the mask and it gets it wet. And it, it gets it wet to the point where if you wear it for 10 hours, you can actually feel the moistness in it. And there's nothing better than an organism likes to travel than via a river, okay? Um so you have this wet mask, and, yes, it's it's got these pores in it that are supposed to keep the virus from coming through. But then all of a sudden it hitchhikes a ride on the, on the, um, all the water vapor that's built up in your mask and has become basically a little lake inside your mask, um, and, it, and it comes to the mask, and it can get on the inside. Okay? I mean, that's a simple – anybody can figure that out. OK, um, make a mask out of a bandana, you know, double or triple thickness bandana and wear it all day. By the end of the day, your mask is wet. OK, same thing with a paper mask. matter of fact, probably worse with a paper mask because a paper mask, paper has an, water has an affinity for paper and uh, it loves paper and it loves a soak paper. OK, OK. Um, Okay, so it takes care of the mass. Now, one thing that these morons haven't figured out, and I mean the scientists um, that are promoting this, is that um, you have something in your body, and it's called mucous membranes. Now, mucous membranes are is very thin skin that... Um, that uh, there's veins under, okay, and the veins are very close. Um, If you've ever had an eye infection, you notice that the sclera around your eye, not sclera, um, conjunctiva around your eye, you know, your eyelids, your upper and lower, they become red. They become inflamed. That's because there's blood vessels right under there that are trying to fight off an infection or whatever, you know. Maybe they're infected because you had a you've been a bender going on during the weekend. But still, they're, you know, they're very sensitive, and and they're, they're mucous uh, membranes. Uh, you have mucous membranes in your nose. Um, you have mucous membranes under your tongue. You have them in your cheeks. You have them in your throats. So that so much so that when any of those areas get a viri on it or a or heavy viral load, we'll talk about that in a minute, um, the chance of you, of you getting sick are, are greater, okay, and that's why they have you wear the mask. But what about your eyes, okay? Somebody sneezes in your hallway, let's say at work, and you got your mask on, and, oh, well, I got my mask on. I'm just going to go ahead and walk through where they just sneezed. It doesn't matter. And that aerosol stays in the air for a while, folks. It does. So you walk by there, but nothing protecting your eyes. So that you're walking through the aerosol, that aerosol gets on your eye, and then it goes to your conjunctive A, and then it goes into the blood vessels, and bam, you've got the virus. (laughs) Okay. Um, So what are we supposed to do now? You know, now some people wear a mask, and that's probably a wise idea. You know, not just a a face mask, but they wear a shield in front of them, and that probably makes a lot of sense. Um, I can see where it can get in the way a lot, uh, depending on what job you do, but maybe that's, maybe that's the way we need to go. Maybe we need to wear the mask or shields like that. And, um, but at the same time, you know, you have air gaps around the shields and, um, if you've ever ridden in the back of a pickup truck at about 30 or 40 miles an hour, because we'll figure that's what a sneeze is, right? Maybe about 30 or 40 miles an hour, um, You'll notice that if you sit in the middle, you don't get hit directly by the air that the windshield is hitting, but the air kind of comes around the side of the truck, and it makes a vortex, and it comes and it hits you on the left and right-hand side, and sometimes in the face. So it works the same with the shield. Okay, you're walking through there, yes, and you might be walking maybe at a half a mile an hour because sometimes I know it feels like we're walking at 5 or 10 miles an hour, but that's runners run at 10 miles an hour, okay? So, um, no, the mo- the fastest you probably walk is maybe 2 miles an hour, if that, um, probably more like a half a mile an hour. <laughs> In me, it's probably more like a quarter of a mile an hour. But anyway... Um, So you're creating that wind pressure against the mask, and then that little bit of air is coming in behind the mask, and it's bringing that spray right in behind the mask, or the shield, I should say. So, again, there is no way to keep that virus from getting to you. So the little lady and old man that were cowering in the corner, for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe, and, and, and this is what I thought later on. You know, I was like, well, you know, maybe... She's got an autoimmune disease, or he does, and they just didn't want to be around somebody on a mask. And I can understand that, believe me. Okay, but what about before the virus? Um, did you wear a mask before the virus? Because if you got an autoimmune disease, you're susceptible to darn near anything that's out there, <laughs> not just the COVID-19 virus. Had a little discussion, almost an argument on Facebook with a lady one day, and she said. Um, well, you know, I don't like it when I go to Safeway and people aren't wearing masks because I have an autoimmune disease. And I said, you know, with all due respect, you know, before the virus, did you wear a, um, did you wear a mask? Well, no, I didn't. And I said, well, you know, having an autoimmune disease makes you susceptible to anything at any time, not just because COVID's around. And um, so she, you know, got a little mad at me for that. And uh, called me a few names and then left the discussion. But um, anyway, so nobody is immune from getting this, okay? If it even exists. Ooh, now you're going. Oh God, he's one of those people that doesn't believe that COVID's a real thing. No, I do believe it's a real thing. You know why? Because I caught it twice. <laughs> but I'm not. am I'm, I'm saying that I'm not so sure that it's a virus. I think it's a biological weapon that was released in that it's a combination of a bacteria and a plasmonid. And that's why people that took um, hydrochloroquine along with um, azithromycin, um got better in, in such a quick manner because it's a bacterial as well as plasmid, kind of like a malarial uh, disease combined into one. And that's what those two drugs take care of. Um, Years ago, I worked in a pharmacy, and whenever you sneezed, all you had to do was sneeze. The pharmacist would come up and give you 10 days' worth of antibiotics. And that's a nice gesture, and I was really thankful for it. But usually when you sneeze like that and you have a cold coming on, that's a virus. And antibiotics do nothing for viruses. As a matter of fact, they can make things worse if you take an antibiotic because, the, uh, the virus is already lowering your immune system and you take the antibiotic and that's killing off the good bacteria as, lo- as well as the bad bacteria and it allows the bad bacteria to take advantage of you and you know you might come out worse than before you started so if you've got a, a flu or something or a virus don't take antibiotics for it please Okay? Um, ask your doctor about it too he'll confirm what I said um, and if you ever do start antibiotics for a bacterial infection, take all of it, okay, because that's why they give you 10 days' worth or whatever, or uh, in the case of Zithromax, I think it's six days' worth, um, because that's what the trial demands that you have. I know you're going to start feeling better after about the fourth day. That doesn't mean you should stop because then the infection says, hey, you know, <laughs> Uh, this guy stopped his, his medication, and uh, we're hmm. only halfway dead. So let's let's get back together, and um, we could become even stronger and resist the, the uh, antibiotic the next time he takes it. So, no, take it for the full trial, okay? And any pharmacist or doctor will tell you that. So I'm not prescribing, and I'm not giving medical advice. But um, anyway... Um, so just seeing that, that old man and lady cower in a corner like that just really bothered the hell out of me. Pardon my French again. Um, and it bothered me that, you know, I always thought that wisdom came with age and in many ways it does. Um, but at the same time, you know, if, if if you do your own thinking and you're a critical thinker and, um, you're able to discern things and, you know, and, and many people are. Um, you're able to look at things and say, hey, something is quite not right. And if you're 60s, 70s, 80s years old and you still believe the government about things, then I feel bad for you. I really do because they're pulling the wool over your eyes every stupid day. And, and coming up with all these little wag-the-tail things that go on, and you're believing it. And while they're doing that stuff, they're taking away your rights, and um, they're borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. They're, uh, they're lying out their teeth, and they're trying to get your, your attention away from it. Um, while, while They want you to stare at something that's insignificant or or not as significant as what they're doing while they work in the peripheral, okay? Learn to use your peripheral thinking. Learn to use your peripheral eyesight. If the government says that something's going on, ask what what else could be happening, okay? And, yeah, you could ignore that advice. You could call me a crank. You could call me a... Um, conspiratorialist a conspiracy theory nut or whatever but um, that's the way that, that governments work they keep you busy on one thing uh, uh, what was it the hunt for Red in October um, when the uh, diplomat was meeting with the Soviet diplomat and uh, I think it's one of those meetings and he says look he says I'm a politician he said when I'm not handing out lollipops to babies, I'm thinking... Oh, no, he says, when I'm not kissing babies, I'm thinking about ways to steal their lollipops. Okay, so just keep that in mind, <laughs> because that, that really summed up a lot in, in that movie, and um, it, it's, it's a truism that cannot be ignored. <laughs> um, so anyway, the stuff with this... <laughs> Carefulness in these, this mask stuff it has to come to an end. It really does. It's it's a bunch of uh, bovine scatology. It's a bunch of um, dreck. Um, God, you gotta love Yiddish words. Um, and it's and it's made up by people that want to shake your hand with one hand and put put a knife in your back with the other hand. Okay, and you got to watch these people, and if you don't start watching them, pretty soon you're not going to have a republic to live in anymore. They're already trying to change it from a republic to a democracy, and they've been almost totally successful. Uh, very little stands in their way anymore because people just don't care anymore. They trust that politicians are, are good people and are looking out for their own good. <laughs> I mean, the, the good of the people, and they're not. They're looking out for their own good, the politicians are because when you and I are gone, they're still going to be around, and they're going to be making their a lot of money and buying their fancy houses and cars and taking money and bribes from different corporations and donors and stuff like that. And uh, we're going to be in concentration camps um, being sent to the ovens. And if you don't think it ha- can happen here, well, just wait. Just wait and see. Okay. Okay. Um, so, anyway I'm trying to I thought I had another page open that I wanted to share with you um, no that just talks about all the different uh, mucous membranes um, you ever notice that well guys you probably well if you're honest with yourself you would, you'll admit that you've cried from time to time but um, if you're one of those macho guys that won't admit that, I can't do anything for you. But, um, you know, every once in a while you have a relative will die or something, and it it brings tears to your eyes and tears to your eyes, and you notice that your nose gets stuffed up. That's because your nose is hooked up to your eyes. Um, that's what uh, there's a canal in there right in the corner of your eye by your nose where your, where your eye leaks into your nose, basically. It, um... That's where all the fluid goes, or else you'd be crying or tearing all the time. <laughs> um, so there's a big connection there. Uh, other mucous membranes are in areas that we won't talk about. Uh, um, your your whole digestive system is uh, basically a mucous membrane. So, uh, But it is protected from... Um, from, from different things by mechanisms that the good Lord was good enough to put into our bodies to protect us from such things um but um anyway I think if, if you walk away from this with anything just please realize that you're being lied to left and right that oh there's there's no reason to shut down restaurants anymore um so many people have had this, and there's so many people that have had it, don't even know they've had it, that there's a herd immunity out there that's awesome. Actually, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't even want to go into figures because I'm not a statistician, but um, I would, rec- I would rec- or recommend, I would um, guess that probably 75% of the population has had this in one form or another. Um, And isn't it interesting how the flu never happened this year? There was no flu this year. Um, That's a clue right there (laughs) Um, that these things are being manufactured. And uh, Bill Gates is warning us now that there's going to be a worse one coming. And uh, if Bill Gates is saying that, expect it because I think he's the manufacturer of them or he donates a lot of money to these companies that do manufacturing. Did you know that these viruses have, uh, they're actually copywritten? Uh, They're copywritten with uh, the copyright office. (laughs) Um, And a lot of the vaccines are too. And did you know that if a vaccine messes you up that you cannot, I repeat, you cannot sue the vaccine company? Um, And that's why um, my defense if it ever comes to it, is a a religious reason, a philosophical reason for not taking the the vaccine. Um, A lot of you Christians that have written the Torah off, uh, you can't use this excuse. And if you try to, I'm going to call you on it. Um, You know, oh, Jesus nailed the whole law to the cross. No, he nailed the law of sin and death, the law of sacrifice and everything. Those laws were all nailed to the cross. But it's still against the law to and against the law of Moses to kill people, to commit fornication, to commit adultery and everything else. So, um, if, you, if you think that Jesus nailed the whole law to the cross, uh, you've got problems because even Yeshua said, or Jesus said that, uh, until heaven passes away, not one jot or one tittle will um, likewise be taken from the law until all is fulfilled. And you got it from the mouth of Yeshua, the mouth of Jesus right there. So if your pastor's telling you that the law was done away with, your pastor's a liar. And uh, he might be lying out of ignorance and what he's been taught, but he's lying to you. Um, or anybody else who's telling you that. But um, anyway, um, as a messianic and as a Jew, I, I tend to believe that the Torah is still valid in many ways. And um, the the uh, the Torah is a is a contractual law, okay. In other words, um, if you sl- slay somebody's ox, you need to buy them a new ox or get them a new ox. If you if uh, basically if if you did any wrong, you had to right it, okay. And that is what the Torah is all about. However. The Torah, the Torah keeps everybody um, accountable to one another. Okay, um, like I said, if something if something wrong happens, you have to write it. The drug companies have violated that. They violated violated the Torah, and they expect me to take their their vaccine, and and if I get sick, I don't get compensated for it in any way. So that's a break of Torah contractual law, okay? And so that's my reason for not taking it. That and they're they're mixing DNA and they're injecting DNA from another organism into your arm and everything else. So um, no thanks. Not me. Not this time. Never again, actually. Um, no more vaccines. I'm 62. If something's going to kill me, it's going to kill me. I don't care anymore. Um but um, anyway, so just think about it. You know, my, a dear relative of mine was thinking about taking the Johnson & Johnson. She was waiting for it because it's kind of a traditional vaccine as opposed to the mRNA vaccines that Pfizer and Moderna put out. And, um, but it turns out that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is killing more people than the Moderna and the Pfizer put together. Um, it's causing blood clots in people, in many people. And um, what they don't tell you, though, is that the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine also cause blood clots in you. Um, just not as serious, and there aren't as many people dying from them. But, you know, this thing is still very relatively brand new, and since it takes about eight, anywhere from 17 to 20 years to complete a trial on a vaccine, and they've done this in six months, um, and people are the guinea pigs, and um, so that's so that, uh, six months taken off of, uh, let's just say 15 years. We still got 14 and a half years of trials to see what happens to people that have taken this vaccine. So um, I wish you all the best if you've taken it. I pray that, you know, Yahweh will, he, he promises that no weapon formed against you will prosper if you're one of his. And um, and I do pray for you. But um, I am not going to acquiesce to the, the whims of Bill Gates and, and all the other uh, politicos that want to prove yet even more that they own me. The only person that owns me is Yeshua. And uh, he died to buy me. So <laughs> um, none of these other schmucks are dying to buy me. As a matter of fact, the ones that are advocating for... Uh, lower population levels, um, like Bill Gates, you know, lowering the, the population by 2 or 3 billion people. Um, you know, why aren't these the people, if they're so altruistic, if they're so into um, sacrifice and, and stuff like that, you know, sacrificing their money and and, and stuff for the environment and for the people or for the earth or whatever, Why aren't they the first in line to say, okay, well, you know what? The earth needs to lose some people. I'll be the first one just off me, you know, just kill me and I'll be the first one, you know. But no, they're the ones that are standing behind the line saying, oh, no, but the... It's the middle class people. I I don't know if they've ever said that, actually, but that's what they're asserting. It's the poor and the middle class that they want to get rid of. Actually, it's the middle class because if they make it rid of the middle class, then they'll have their poor class and their rich class, and it'll be a feudal system again, and um, the people that are left over will just be the slaves to work for the people that are rich. It's going to be like Europe was back in the Middle Ages all over again. Um, So... Uh, the Lord come back before that happened, please. But um, anyway, folks, I'm, I'm not going to ramble on much anymore. I just had to get off my chest about that uh, that older couple and 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 the way they acted. And um, there's no need for it. There's no call for it. Um, you know, myself, if it was, you know, if Barbara and I had walked in there and one of us had an autoimmune disease or something, I would, first of all, I, I acquiesced. I just said, oh, yeah, I forgot my mask, and she gave me one, and I put it on. So no big deal. Um, but if it was somebody that was refusing to put a mask on, I would say, sir, you know, I I respect your right not to wear a mask, but, you know, we, we've only got this hour to shop. And um, if you wouldn't mind, you know, would you put a mask on or, you know, or come back later or maybe we'll just come back later because, you know, we're sick and we can catch anything real easy. And um, I think a lot of people would, would listen to that and say, well, you know what, okay, I'll, I'll wear the mask just for, for a little while, you know. Um, I think a lot of people would do that, but everybody's afraid of everybody else for some reason, you know. it's uh, We live in a society of fear and it is definitely not what Yahweh, what Yahweh made this world to be. Well, you know, this world is corrupted because of what Adam and Eve did, but um, and then when Sid entered the world. But um, still, people are, are... There's not total loss of love in this world yet, although it's, it's plummeting <laughs> um, like crazy in that direction. But... Um, people will will consider others still especially around where we live you know i can see in the big cities you know some guy would say well (laughs) up yours i'm not going to wear a mask and 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 stuff like that but people here you know more or less listen to reason so um it doesn't hurt to try and if the guy gets belligerent say okay well we'll just come back later you know um this there's got to be a a balance Stand this thing here. Here, there's got to be a balance to where some people are willing to give in at this time, and then later on, some other people are willing to give in at this time. You know, um, and you know the guy could have thanked me for putting a mask on too. That would have that would have done a wondrous world of good to say, "Oh, thank you." You know, we're, we're just very concerned and stuff like that. But, again, I, I sense that they were very liberal in nature. And, uh, you know, I mean, heck, I I, I know liberals that <laughs> one guy um, at Christmas time threw the gifts to his, his uh, grandkids, um, wouldn't even have them come up to the car, had them stand back and threw the gifts to them and then drove off. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's like... You know, how long do you want to live, first of all? Um, if you're a grandparent, you love your grandkids, you're, you're going to go out of your way to show them that there's nothing to fear about, um, not that you're more important than they are, for goodness sakes. We're supposed to show them that they're more important than we are and that we, we're looking out for their welfare and their and we love them and that we we want them to grow up to be good, responsible adults, but not to the point where they're they're paranoid, schizophrenics about celebrating a holiday, and uh, they won't do it. Um, and then there, you know, the the, the guys that, or, and women that drive with the mask on in the, in the car just really crack me up. Now there's been times when I've forgotten to take my mask off, but never in the car. <laughs> Um, when I leave work, I, I take the mask off. The minute I get outside the hospital, it comes off, and it goes right in the garbage can, which is another point, okay? Another point is that if this is such an infectious disease, as they say it is, it's so virulent, I think I said right, vir, vir, well, it's got such a virus potential, let's put it that way, <laughs> viral potential, that it's so easy to catch, Why aren't they putting biohazard bags outside to put the the garbage in? Some poor schmuck has to go out and collect those garbage bags every day with all those masks in it. And you know that he pushes down on that bag to make more room. And when he pushes down on that bag, all the air comes out of the bag, including the air with the virus on it. And where does it usually go? Up towards his face, right? So if it's so virulent, if, you're, if it has such a viral potential, then why aren't they putting those bags outside of stores and everything else? You know, the bag, it's usually a box, and it's got a red bag in it. It says biohazard on it. You know, you fill it up with masks, and then you, you take it somewhere, and it goes to an incinerator, and it gets burned up. I mean, that's what should be happening if this has has such a viral load to it. Um, There are so many inconsistencies, so many stupid things that are done. You know, Fauci, one week, he's like, yeah, everybody should wear their masks. Next week, it's like, ah, nobody, the mask can start coming off. Then the next week, oh, no, no, the masks have to stay on. You know, the guy doesn't, I don't know, he's not operating with all his... uh, with all his gears intact I don't think uh, or he's got one wheel stuck in the sand or he's a half bubble off whatever term you want to use but I think his power has gotten to him so much now that he doesn't care about what he says and and um, frankly he doesn't care about what you and I believe about him So, um, and then you got Dum Dum up in the Oval Office that doesn't know whether he's coming or going and if um, Kamala Harris has her way then he's going to be going pretty soon but um, boy I'm telling you if Trump was ever going to come back and take the government back by force now would be the time to do it um, God, from my lips to God's ears um, but that's as we go along it looks like that's getting farther and farther away and and uh, maybe that was just a Q, um, big Q mistake Maybe, maybe Q was a mistake, too. Maybe it was a psyops or something. I don't know. But um, right now we're, we're stuck with uh, old Joe in there. And, um, you know, God help us. Um, anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead and end this show and get it uploaded while I can. I still got a little bit of time. And I can read some more of my book while I'm doing that. So... Anyway, until uh, we meet again, whether it be Monday or sometime before Monday, um, please keep us in prayer. Um, I started a Patreon account, so if anybody wants to go to Patreon and and donate to uh, Pose in the Matrix, you're certainly welcome to, but know that um, we're not a 501c3, so you can't use us as a tax shelter or a tax write-off. So, And uh, all um, donations are gifts, okay? Um, so anyway uh, with that in mind and um, having mentioned about Patreon I'm glad I did that P-A-T-R-E-O-N by the way dot com and um, well anyway thank you uh, very much for being our audience and thank you for listening and, and I hope maybe I struck a chord one, one or two of you or maybe even more and um, maybe we can start fighting this charade before it gets any more out of hand because it's uh it's something that needs to be addressed and it needs to be addressed on a local uh, a state a local state and inter, a national and international level um that this thing is got to be over with soon and that um this pandemic is is put down as as a pandemic and not a pandemic and um and that it, uh, it needs some, it needs to go away, and we need to make it go away. How that's going to happen, I have no idea. Don't ask me to figure it out. I don't know. But um, anyway, until that time, um, have a blessed week. Have a blessed weekend, and I will talk to you soon. Good night.